0: Time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. That's right. It's a Vintage Truth Podcast. It's a happy Monday to you. You say, hey, what's what's great about Monday? Well, Monday is like it's like playing a new round of golf. It's like the last round doesn't count, right? It's like resetting the the counter. It's like starting over. Every week is a chance to start over and have a great week, and you get to decide whether or not you're going to have a good week. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It only matters how you respond to it. And part of that response is encoded within your spirituality and your connection to God, how to have a strong connection with God. And one of the ways we connect with God is through prayer, obviously. And I want to ask you to pray for something right now. I mentioned in the last podcast that I'm raising $2000 to help me towards my trip to the Philippines where I'll be teaching a class on the theology of worship, a graduate level class on on worship. But I'm also going to be out in the community in the in the evenings teaching and preaching at churches on a wide variety of subjects including Bible prophecy, including parenting, including the book of Daniel and many other things. And so I ask for prayer that God would raise up that money for me because I'm going to buy a plane ticket this week. It's going to happen by faith. So you pray with me that the rest of that $2,000 comes in. All right? Would you do that for me? Cool. You can even pause the podcast right now and just say a prayer for Jeff Kinley's ministry. That would mean a lot to me. You know, about a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer than that, a year and eight months, something like that, we moved from the capital city in our state to the ozark mountains we'd lived there for 16 years right in midtown we had planted a church there that went on for 10 years a ministry that was strongly based on two primary things the strong teaching of the word of god and fervent love for one another in our community and we did that was an incredible time but you know i've been a pastor for over 30 years and you know when we left the capital city and we decided to come up here to the ozarks one of the things that i said to my wife was i said you know what are we going to do for a church i mean I've, I've been the pastor so it's like i'm not in a church now what, what are we supposed to do it's it's a really weird experience for someone who's been the guy to stand up and open the bible each week and to equip a group of Christians with the word of God, all of a sudden you're now sitting out there and you're the one that's going to be receiving the truth. And, you know, we moved up here in the mountains and and the closest real town is about 13 miles away from us down this country highway. And uh, the town itself is only about 13,000 people. So it's really small town, lots of churches though. And let me tell you some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Or up here. I mean, just salt of the earth, good people. But I just thought, you know, the the churches. What's it going to be like, you know? And you know, there are some really good churches in this small town. It's amazing. So anyway, we 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 were visiting around, and we visited a couple of churches that just, eh, I don't know, just just didn't like light my fire, you know. And I told my wife, I said, you know, this is going to be hard for us, because I kind of have high standards about the Bible and the way it's taught and that type of thing and you know I I can I can live with a lot of other things the church doesn't have but man you've got to open the book and really explain it well and lo and behold you don't to believe this in this tiny town I found a church who has a pastor who is a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary the same seminary that I graduated from and I thought to myself what in the world are the odds (laughs) And so we visited this church and the first Sunday we were there made this immediate connection with this amazing pastor and he opens the book and he explains it verse by verse and he's not ashamed and he just absolutely tells it like it is and he's an incredible guy personally and professionally and we are so privileged to be under his ministry and to be able to partner with him in in many ways uh, in ministry as well, so just so you know, God has His people everywhere. You just got to be willing to to look a little bit for it. So anyway, I'm thankful for that. Very thankful for that because that ministers uh, to our hearts and it feeds us. And today there was a scripture that my pastor Paul uh, read from. He was teaching out of Second Thessalonians, and this verse reminded me of just this thing that I'm doing in the Philippines, and a prayer that that really mo- is motivated me to pray, and I want to ask you to pray as well. But 2 Thess chapter 3, verse 1 says this. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified. And you know, that's why I don't shy away from asking you to pray that God would raise up the money for this trip for me, because I'm not going over there to tell stories or to make people laugh or to go sightsee. In fact, I may not have Two hours the entire 12 days I'm there to see anything other than a church or a classroom I'm going to be ministering and teaching the Word of God and I would ask you to help me do that through your prayers and through praying this very prayer that the Word would spread rapidly through us to some amazing people in the Philippines so anyway thank you so much for being willing to do that you know we're talking about being a sheep and today's topic I've entitled how not to be a dumb sheep okay now at the risk of offending some people out there who may be listening to this there are a lot of dumb sheep in the church i mean there are sheep that are just walking around bumping into walls they're not eating grass they're they're eating dirt you know they're they're wandering from the fold they're being eaten themselves by wolves they're just dumb and they're not making that connection with the shepherd They're not listening to the shepherd, and they're not following the good shepherd. And who is that good shepherd? He's Jesus Christ, of course. You see, what makes the Christian faith distinct from every other religion or belief system or personal philosophy is, quite simply, the person of Jesus Christ. That's it. If you take away anything from who he is, as described in the Bible, in the most minute way, then you've just veered onto the apostasy on-ramp. You know what I'm talking about? Or the off-ramp, whatever you want to call it. You've just taken a detour. You've just taken an exit from biblical Christianity when you depart from the Jesus as described in Scripture. You say, why is that true, Jeff? Well, it's because he alone is God. He alone is the God-man. He alone accomplished salvation. He alone rose from the dead. He definitively proved his deity through his resurrection, through his miracles, through the lives he changed. And therefore, every word he uttered, whether recorded in the Old Testament spoken by him while he was on earth or inspired by his spirit in the rest of the New Testament, it becomes undeniable and unchangeable. And that's why we're committed to it. Every prophetic word of his desire will be fulfilled all the way down to the last and smallest letter. In fact, Jesus himself said this in Matthew. He said, Do not think that I come to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. For I truly say to you that until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke will pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Friends, that's quite a declaration, quite a claim, and it's rich with dramatic, prophetic, implications but you know today there are people in our society in the the christendom world that who that are flirting with heresy because they are departing from the faith and they may look like great people they may have said some really good things but a lot of the things that they say are nothing more than smooth talking double speak in fact they can talk for hours and yet say nothing but you still leave thinking, wow, that's, that's impressive. They're like a good politician, in other words. Subtly, yet clearly, they subvert, sabotage, and deny the core doctrines and beliefs of the Christian faith. And today, if you do your homework, you'll find out a lot of these, some of these high-profile high preachers are chipping away at the solid rock foundation of the faith. That we call Christianity. Say, so how do they do that, Jeff? Well, they subtly deny the deity of Jesus Christ by implying somehow that he has made mistakes during his earthly ministry. They take away from his substitutionary atonement on the cross by saying, well, that's too bloody, that's too violent. A God would never do that to his son. Or that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and heaven. You know, that today that some of evangelicals think there are other ways to heaven other than Jesus Christ. That's how messed up we are in the church today. Another area that they attack is salvation by grace through faith alone. They add something on top of that, whether it be baptism or church attendance or tithing or witnessing or Bible study. They add all these things onto it as some necessary element to our initial salvation. They take away also from the inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture by denying the plain truths that God espouses in His Word. i got news for you. If it's not true in Genesis 1, then it's not true in John 19 or Revelation 19. You see, if the Bible's not true anywhere, you can't trust it anywhere else. It's either the total, unequivocal, undeniable, inerrant Word of God or good luck with that. You know what I'm saying? It's all or nothing with God. And you got to admit, I mean, if there is a God and He's omnipotent, He's able to do anything He wants to do, surely, surely He can superintend the writings of men and inspire them in such a way that in those original autographs, those original manuscripts, there are no mistakes. So people take away from Scripture. Or they deny the triune nature of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, there are some Jesus-only churches out there. There are some people that try to say that God is is simply one person, and he just expresses himself through being the Father here and the Son here, the Holy Spirit here. It's called modalism. It's like God wearing hats. It's It's like saying, I'm a father, I'm a husband, but I'm also an author a pastor, a podcast, I just wear different hats, but I'm just the same person. No, no. Scripture makes it clear. It's three persons, one essence, the triune God. Now that's hard to understand, granted. But it's what scripture declares. Or they try to deny the existence of a literal hell or eternal conscious conscious torment that the Bible makes clear. They want to say, "Oh, hell is just what we create here on the earth for ourselves." What, what are you talking about what are you talking about throwing trash out the window of your car or something or or you know doing something wrong and being punished for it that's hell that, that's the that's eternal wrath of God no no there's a real place called hell and there's a real place called heaven or they deny the supernatural creation of the universe by a supernatural God you know they deny a literal six-day creation let me tell you something. I have no problem with a six-day creation for two reasons. Number one, that's what the Bible says he did. Number two, God could have created the world in six seconds or six nanoseconds. Or he could have spoke the whole thing into existence in in a time frame that is immeasurable. God doesn't need time. But he chose to create things within time. And if he says he did it in six days, he did it in six days. There's a whole lot we could say more about that, but we'll move on. Some people today want to deny the prophetic nature of Scripture, that there are no prophecies that are real and that will literally be fulfilled. Hey, I've got a new book for you coming out, by the way, in the fall, called The Secrets of Bible Prophecy. And in that book, I detail many of the literal prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled in God's prophetic timetable. And I go back and show you how God literally fulfilled every single promise throughout history and how he's going to do the same. And then finally, there are people that deny the the physical bodily return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth. They just want to spiritualize it or make it into a metaphor or say that, you know, he kind of did that already back in the first century. No, he didn't. And they try to spiritualize the entire book of Revelation. Of course, they do all of this in the name of God, by the way. It's are talking about that, the people out there that are skeptics and, and the mockers, right? Talking about people within the church. Some people within the church today, instead of following what the Bible says, they're relying their whole Christian life, get this now, their whole Christian life, is fueled by these, quote-unquote, impressions that they get from God. These internal voices that they hear from Him declaring new truth about God that's not even found in the Scripture. But I'm not talking about the, the Holy Spirit's inner witness that we get, that Romans 8 tells us about. I'm not talking about that. Yes, we do have an inner spirit witness in our heart. But there are people that are substituting those things in place of the clear, revealed Word of God. Voices and impressions, and sometimes these words from the Lord that I doubt seriously are words from the Lord because I've heard them. I've heard people talk about them. It's like, hey, that's not in the Bible. In fact, John MacArthur writes this. He says, quote, Does the Spirit of God move our hearts and impress us with specific duties or callings? He says, certainly He does. But... He works through the Word of God to do that. Such experiences are in no sense prophetic or authoritative. That's the key word. They are not new revelation, but the effect of illumination that we're getting from the Word. When the Holy Spirit applies the Word of God to our hearts and then opens our spiritual eyes to its truth, we begin to see, end quote here, we begin to see now how to live life and what's true about the world and you get an impression, you get a sense that, hey, that's wrong over there, or, hey, I should do this with my life. I'm getting spiritual direction from God. That's cool, but you're not going to get that in a vacuum. You're going to get that because you, your mind has been transformed by the truth that's in God's Word. Now, I'm going to go back to MacArthur's quote. He goes, quote, We must guard carefully against allowing our experience and our own subjective thoughts and imaginations to to eclipse the authority and the certainty of the more sure word of God, end quote. So yeah, God does guide us internally, but that's one of the ways why how you can be a dumb sheep. When you just live by your feelings or by random thoughts that pop into your head that you think are from God, question, how do you know they're from God? How do you know it's from God? Oh, it's, but it's a good thing. So, Maybe you're bent that way. Maybe you're bent to think some good thoughts. Maybe you're bent to think spiritual thoughts. That doesn't mean it's from God. How do you authenticate those thoughts as being from the Lord? So we need to be careful about people who are having claims of new truth or new revelations from God because they can be from human sources. They can be from your own heart. They can even be demonic. They can even be deceptively From Satan himself, so our our thoughts have to be grounded in Scripture and dependent upon the illuminating ministry and witness of the Holy Spirit, and that's one of the ways how we can educate ourselves to be a better follower, a better sheep of Jesus Christ. See, the problem is that you and I live in a direct feed culture, don't we? We don't want to go through anything. We want it. We want to give it straight to us, direct, right? And sometimes to go have to go we got to go validate that and prove that and you know back to the bible to do that it just seems old and outdated right it's, it's like it's a, an old twitter feed or something we want something fresh every day because that's how we get our news that's how we get our social media updates we got to instagram we don't we don't go to somebody's instagram account from two years ago we want to know what's happening today but see that's a that's a a wrong way of thinking about the Bible because God's words are fresh every morning. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to judge the division between soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and even judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. say, wow. Yeah, wow. Because that's how fresh God's Word is. Why is it so fresh? Because He's fresh, and His Word is living, and He's still alive. So as long as... The Bible is speaking to us here on planet Earth, it's more updated than tomorrow's Twitter feed. So, even though we may have some warm feeling about some thought that we have, just make sure that thought comes from the Bible. Make sure it can be backed up by the Scripture. I really think that today, beloved, among the sheep, and we're all sheep, okay? Among the sheep, the concept of living perpetual truth from God's Word has become lost in an age of fresh, fluid social media interaction. We open our phones, and virtually everything has changed since two minutes ago. But we open our Bible, and it reads the same as it did two days ago, two months ago, two years ago, or 2,000 years ago. How do we we keep that freshness, man? How do we do that? How do we understand how relevant God's Word is on a day-by-day basis? And more importantly, how do we keep from drifting and keep from being dumb sheep? The answer is, make sure you're listening to the shepherd, because he put it in a book for you. That's the Venice Truth podcast for today. I'll see you on Friday. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.